Welcome to the Coming Home Well podcast, the show that educates, supports, and advocates for the veteran community. Your host, Dr. Tyler Piron, U.S. Army retired, will bring you exciting conversations with amazing guests about resources, research, and military history, all geared to helping our warriors to come home well. Here's your host, Dr. Tyler Piron. Welcome back to Coming Home Well. I'm your host, Tyler Piron. And today we are going to talk about something that I love, and that's about dogs. We're going to be talking with Dwayne Schwartz. He is with Operation Canine Hero, and they do something that's really neat. We talk about service animals, and we talk about emotional support animals. But this is a little twist on it. It's not your own dog. I'm still learning exactly what they do, and I'm not going to steal Dwayne's thunder. But it is an awesome idea. I've seen it implemented in other places and other venues. And every time it is absolutely wonderful. And so I'm just going to let Dwayne explain it. But Dwayne, thanks so much for joining us on Coming Home Well. Can you just tell us what Operation Canine Hero does? Yeah. So Operation Canine Hero is just a nonprofit organization I just started not that long ago. We're, it's basically just myself and my partner, Tio. He's, he just turned three. He's a yellow lab. He was starting out as a service dog, but I'll get into that. So we're just a volunteer-based nonprofit organization. And we're basically dedicated to bring comfort and companionship to our veterans or military personnel. We focus on them along with public safety officials. So those in police and fire, paramedics, just through our canine therapy dog. And, and that's Tio. So our mission is to give back to them and to those in need who need just maybe a little extra support, because usually those in military and public safety need something like that and human partnership. And we come in and just provide a little consolation, a little cheer, a little affection. And it's something that is different than your normal. If you're having issues, usually at work, you go through the proper professional channels like critical incident stress debriefing, you talk to a chaplain, or obviously you talk to a, your police or fire administration, Red Cross or counselors, who, who, whoever you want to talk to. And those are professional and great avenues to go down and you should take advantage of those. But I thought, how could I come up with something that's a little bit more laid back, something that could be a conversation starter, um, an icebreaker. So I started researching dogs like this. So, you know, our primary purpose with Operation Canine Heroes just to help support the mental health of our heroes and offer like an emotional support. And for those in need, because studies have shown that interacting with a therapy dog as part of this type of assistance is both physical and psychological good for not only that individual or those individuals, but it's also good for the dog as well. So that's how I got rolling with this. So walk me through how that works. So like, I understand therapy dogs, I understand emotional support. I understand assistance animals. Where does the dog come in? Like after a critical incident or something like that? Yeah, either either it could be something as, as somebody at a police station, fire station, or military, or someone, a veteran that's having some PTSD that's had some issues in the past. So it could be somebody that either had a bad call or they during a traumatic event um, at the station or on scene or whatever, and they wanted to get a hold of us and we would just come in. Uh, we've been to many fire stations, different law enforcement agencies. In fact, we've been to uh, 
the Wisconsin National Guard and a couple of military organizations uh, where they just get a hold of us and we go in. It's super laid back. We just, T.O., my partner's trained in something like this. He can see if someone's anxious or they're having anxiety, they're depressed or that PTSD. He's obviously has the temperament and the training where he just knows and we just go in and it could be just over a simple cup of coffee. They can open up. They don't, there doesn't even really have to be any words spoken or anything said, just that calming effect of Teal there and his face up on your lap and just petting him. And we just hang out and we chill and we do that. It's just, a, like I said, a conversation starter. It's a, it's an icebreaker because mostly people are comfortable around dogs, especially Teal. I mean, this, this is his, this is what he's trained for and he, and he's got the obedience and the social skills for it. And it just seems to flow. And you just go, you go with the flow and something like this and you see where it takes you. And it's usually, it works out pretty good. Now, obviously this is something that's temporary. Like I said, you should always use the other professional channels as well, but um, this is just something um, a little bit more laid back and maybe sometimes that people feel a little bit more comfortable doing. Oh, absolutely. I can totally see where a dog coming around that you're having an incident, or if you're trying to get the chaplain or, or, or a CISM of the critical stress debriefers to come in or something where the people are a little hesitant to talk. There's certainly a, a macho code among veterans and firefighters and cops and all these other organizations. So there's a certain uh, wall of emotions that sometimes you really want to talk, but you don't want to like let your guard down. Uh, it's hard to let your keep your guard up while petting a dog that's super friendly. I get it. That's amazing. So yeah. how in the world did you come up with this? Where did you see the need? Yeah. So obviously, so I'm a firefighter with the professional firefighters, Wisconsin. And so I'm starting my 22nd year. So you see some things, you deal with some things and then you, I'm a huge veteran advocate. So I've always been talking with veterans and it's just always been a passion of mine of the well-being of our military and vets and those in public safety. Most of the people I hang out with off duty are in law enforcement and with the the world events the last, over the last couple of years, it's just me have been seeing a rise and the suicides within police and fire. And it just um, didn't sit well with me. So I started thinking of how, what could I do? How could I get back? What would be like an, a way in that people would accept and be able to hang out with and do? And I just thought of, oh, okay. First of all, I thought of service dogs. I started researching service dogs. And then I honestly didn't really know too much difference between service dogs and facility dogs facility dog obviously service dog is for one individual usually that's has a disability of some sort a facility dog is a professional trained dog who could be with somebody like in police or fire or educational setting or healthcare, some something like that that's professionally uh, trained and then they um they team up like i did with teo and we came across each other and we started forming a bond and a relationship. And then from there, we started uh, training with the Alliance of uh, Therapy Dogs. We became certified therapy dog team. And um, Tio actually started his training out with one of the leading service dog organizations in the United States and went through that phase and then was released back to his original handler, who is a friend of mine. And knew I was starting this. At, and at that time, I didn't have a dog. So we connected and I just we to and i formed a bond and so now i'm his handler and i take him as needed so that's how it all started uh, it was a lot of research and then at the time i really wasn't i knew what i wanted to do in my head and in my heart and that's always the hard about, part is transition i know 
but I never thought about starting a nonprofit. And so, so, so then I did, and it takes almost a year to do that. It's time consuming, it's costly, and it's not easy for one individual. So that's what I did. I just thought this is the right thing to do. And I stuck with it and uh, yeah, here I am. So it's been going good. We've helped several, many individuals and we go all over. We, like I said, we focused on those in military and our vets and and in public safety, but we would never turn anyone away. And it's a free service. I just volunteer my time days that I'm, I'm off duty and yeah, it's been good. And it's honestly, it's rewarding for myself. And I know it's really rewarding for Tio. He he loves it and it's just a win-win and it's good. And we're helping those in need. And sometimes, especially, like I said, over the last couple of years with how things have been gone and the rise of suicides and and PTSD and, and stuff. And with these professionals and our heroes, it's just, uh, it's a sad thing. And I, I wanted to find a way to help. So this is what I came up with. If it helps one person, it's worth it. But then there's always these wonderful stories, these wonderful like yeah. things that you get out of doing this sort of work. Without giving any names or any sort of details, like what is like the most impactful for you or for the veteran or law enforcement or fireman situation that you've seen with with Tio? Yeah, we've had a couple different incidences where you, you really don't know what to expect. And emotions come out sometimes when even when you don't want them and you try to fight them and hold them back. And there's been a few where we were in there and everything seemed fine and we're just doing our thing and hanging out. And they're just, Tio is he's a comfort uh, dog, obviously provides that therapy and keep, can give you that connection. And then just having someone break down out of the blue. And I guess that's, he's doing his thing and it's good to, you know, let those emotions out. Um, and, uh, and that's what, you know, he's for, and that's what we're, that's why we're doing this and to help. And so it's always tough to see, but it's always, it's always good to see too. Hopefully that doesn't sound dumb or anything, but, um, yeah. No, it doesn't so, sound you know, dumb at all. It sounds like, yeah, so like the reality we, of the hard work that is needed to form those connections. I mean, that's yeah. like, usually the hardest part is, is finding your tribe we talk about that, like veterans that get out, they lose their tribe, or there's some challenge going on. I'm the only yeah. one feeling this and then realizing that everybody else feels it to some other degree, but wouldn't admit it because for a lot of reasons. Yeah. But- and we all know there's a stigma when you talk about mental health. When someone says mental health, they people start freaking out. They don't like that term. And there's for sure a stigma within the fire service and law enforcement, our military, because you say PTSD several years ago, people didn't even know what that was. And, you know, people denied that they had it or wouldn't accept it because they were embarrassed and they were shameful because there's that stigma like, okay, well, you're weak and it's part of the job. You need to suck it up. And and I think now like people are more in tune to their feelings and and that it's okay. And and we're getting there. We have come a long way and it's getting better, but there definitely is a stigma. And one of the other reasons why I started this too is because, and the, probably the people just in general public, they really don't think about this stuff, but firefighters and paramedics and police officers, they're exposed to a lot of things. And being a firefighter, you see a lot of death and destruction and uh, suicide rates. You you see a lot of suicides. You also deal with on the other side of like child abuse and domestic abuse. And we go on a lot of overdoses. You see everything else in between, a lot of loss of life. And then another thing that you see people at their worst, it's hard to explain, but you see people at their worst and you could see something in one day that probably the average person would see in their lifetime. 
And that takes a toll on someone, especially if they're exposed time and time again. And, and sometimes for some people, you can go almost your whole career and, and at the end, it might be one thing or it, it just might be, uh, might only take one thing or it t- could take several. Everyone's makeup is differently on their head and, and stuff like that. And with emotions and it could take one traumatic event. And so yeah, all that stuff it's sits with singular, me. And I just cumulative. You just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think about that stuff probably more so because I am a firefighter. Most of my friends are in law enforcement and a lot of my friends are military. So I think about this kind of stuff and the work too with physical and psychological stress and the workloads demanding and a lot of people I know experience burnout. And we know those in our military, I mean, are exposed to a lot of things and they, they feel helpless and isolated. And I think it's what on average 22 veterans take their life a day. That's a lot. That number is astonishing. And, and again, that doesn't sit well with me. And I just feel like I need to do something. And there's probably a lot of people like me that are doing some sort of thing to help. There's a lot of great organizations out there and I just wanted to give back somehow. So Yeah, I've been a law enforcement and military my entire life, ever since I was 17 in the military and then law enforcement. And and what, and I'm not a fireman, two out of the three, but a lot of my friends are firemen. And the amount of violence and the most depraved things that one can imagine, horrific things with kids or burns or abuse or things that just don't make sense. In any normal context, you have to go in and deal with, and, and you yeah. got it. You're helping, and at the same time, you're seeing this the inhumanity over and over again. And yeah. you might be fine the first five times, and then there'll be this one situation that'll just sit with you bad, and that's okay. And, and that's why you yeah. go get help and you go get therapy and, and you do the debriefings because the sooner you address it the easier it is to get help. And if you need help, but sort of getting that animal involved really does help. I, you see it with facility dogs. You see it with, we know how well therapy dogs work. We know how well emotional support dogs work, depending on the need of the individual. And I've always thought facility dogs were pretty amazing. I have a great Dane and uh, my wife had her trained as a, ther- a facility dog, a therapy dog. And She's just way too uh, rambunctious. That, that was sort of her challenge. She's sort of a failure there, but she's sure, the sure. best loving dog, but she's just a little too active. Maybe yeah. she chills out. But at the same time, the joy that people have from seeing a dog that just is so glad to see you, even when they're you know down, it takes their mind off it and allows that, that sort of distraction uh, from, yeah, I'm expected to say something or the sooner I don't say anything, I can leave. But when you bring in an animal, all of a sudden it's, oh, okay. And this is a lot less threatening. And so that's an amazing uh, contribution that you've made. So the website is Operation Canine with the number nine hero.org. It's pretty easy to find Operation Canine Hero. I think it's the first or second uh, Google search. So if you guys are looking, but we'll have a link up on the Coming Home Well Facebook page. And so you'll be able to f- go find it if you aren't able to find it from Google. But you you guys in the audience really know how to find stuff. I know that. So, Dwayne, tell me, where is your service area? You're fireman out in Wisconsin. So I would imagine you have to go to work some days. So if somebody wants to have you come in, where, A, how do they get in touch with you? And what area are you, are you helping folks out in? 
Yeah. So we, I'm in Wisconsin, I'm in Northeastern Wisconsin. So I, we, I would travel anywhere in Wisconsin, honestly, or even out of state if somebody got a hold of us and really wanted us to come and it would be hard for me to turn someone away. I just wouldn't be able to do it. So I would probably go anywhere, but we do most of our work uh, in Wisconsin, Northeast Wisconsin. And the best way to get a hold of us is we're on social media. So Facebook and Instagram under Operation Canine Hero. Like you said, our website, operationcaninehero.org. Our email is info at operationcaninehero.org. That's the best way to get a hold of us and go that route. So I know everybody that listens to Coming Home Well, almost everybody, there's probably a few cat people. We have a lot of dog people. Uh, especially everybody that is involved with coming home. Well, we do a lot of things with dogs. We have the vet pet program where you can go adopt an animal here in our local Virginia shelters. They'll completely waive fees, things like that. So we love dogs. Okay. So if somebody wanted to get in touch with you and donate or either money or resources, how would they get in touch with you to do that? Yeah, definitely. We are a nonprofit organization. We're a 501c3. Um, right on our website at operationk9hero.org, we have a, a donation link. You just click donate and then it takes you to a link right there. And you can specify any amount. We also have our address on there if somebody was going to mail in a check. We're always up for donations. That's T.O. and I. We volunteer our time. We're happy to do it. We wouldn't have it any other way. But yeah, that's how you get a hold of us. I know exactly uh, how expensive animals are. And right. So these things add up very quickly. So I'm sure that uh, T.O. requires all these types of care and, and resources and training is not cheap. A trained service dog Ten twenty thousand dollars So if you'd like to get in touch with them, to have them come to your facility or you're doing a, some event or some other place where it makes sense to bring a service dog to help folks get into the mode of being able to share and, and feel less threatened, because sometimes that's all it takes, get in touch with Dwayne Schwartz with Operation Canine Hero. They're up in the northeast part of Wisconsin, but he's all over Wisconsin. It's a big state. He'll come out and help you out. Dwayne, what should I have asked you about but didn't? I think we covered everything. I just wanted to say that if there are any public safety or military or veterans listening, that when you're, you're listening and uh, you're not alone if you're experiencing any of this stuff. You hear a lot, or I hear a lot, that it's simply just part of the job. First respond, go above and beyond the call of duty, even though that is their profession and that's what they're supposed to do. But many of them go above and beyond, trust me. And sometimes doing the job comes at a cost. Sometimes it's a cost you can see, but in many cases and instances, it's a cost that you cannot see and it does sneak up on you. Sometimes it can be devastating. It can take a toll on your mental health and your well-being, cause things like PTSD, and, and a lot of times it does cause suicide. So just remember when, and even if you're not in public safety or military or veteran and you're listening to this, I know you have a big audience that um, just think about that, our first responders, because even if they look okay and say they're okay, not all wounds are visible. They're not. And I know from firsthand, and I appreciate you uh, having me on here. And I just hope maybe one person that's listening and it can help them, they can reach out to us, or maybe they have somebody in their area. And, and But yeah, that's about it. So it's funny, I was, as we're talking, I was thinking about all the times I've dealt with service dogs, with troll dogs. But the number one thing that I always come to mind is I was at the Pentagon on 9-11 and in days there was all these search and rescue organizations coming out with their cadaver dogs and their search dogs. 
And even though they were working, but they can only work so long because these dogs, I mean, they were, they're working their butts off, but just walking through the crowds of all the rescuers and, and the law enforcement and the military, because there's probably a couple thousand people responding right outside the Pentagon over the next months or so, as we're looking for cadavers and things, just the dog walking through, these weren't trained emotional dogs. These were like cadaver dogs. These were search and rescue dogs. And the amount of love, everybody just stopped. Like I literally would watch meetings stop and everyone would go pet the dog. And it had that, that connection with an animal. It was a, not what you'd expect. These people are professionals. They're working in it. They're doing all these things. They're like, oh, look, puppy. And everybody would stop. And it was so amazing, the response of the American people. So many people were donating stuff to the rescuers at the Pentagon. Now, I don't know what, I'm sure up in, in New York, it was the same and out in Pennsylvania, I don't know, but I can tell you about the Pentagon. They actually had a massive fest tent of all these things people donated. And they would see these rescue dogs and they would send pallets of dog food. And now it's all different kinds of dog food. And, and you probably know just as well as anybody who has a dog, you don't just mix up dog's food. You have a bad result. But they would send like pallets of dog food because, you know, oh, they have dogs. They, they need dog food. And they would just send a pallet. Well, yeah, that's uh, I love their spirit with that. The dog food is expensive. But yeah, they were. it was just amazing. The outpouring of support for everybody involved, but especially the dogs. So it's out of all that chaos and destruction, the dogs were bringing people together and working really hard and, and doing some amazing things. So it, it's always amazing to see how that sort of just ties in. I really yeah. appreciate what you're doing for these veterans and, and first responders. It, it's a needed service that is sort of, a, you have a unique niche out there. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Like I said, it's uh, the conversation starter and an icebreaker and to let them know that, hey, I have a way into being in public safety so people know, I know what they're dealing with. I've, I've walked in their path before. And so I have a way in on that and to so yeah, it's it's just a way for them to decompress and take the edge off and what better way through that therapeutic connection that TO can provide. And that's what we're here for. So I have one last question. What is TO's like favorite thing about doing these things? Is he a lap dog? Is he just sort of going from person to person? Because I, I always find the training for these dogs to be so amazing because some of it's just natural for the dog, like the intuitive. You have to find the right dog that has these, you know, connections and be able to read people and see who needs help. Does yes. are, is he on a leash? Can he sort of just sort of figure out through the crowd or this grouping, like go to the person that he thinks needs help? How does that work? Yeah. So he's got a vest, obviously, that with a bunch of different patches, ask to pet and he wears a badge and he's a certified uh, therapy dog. And then he's got a patch that says that. And I do usually have on a leash. I would say the most thing for him is connection. He, this is what he, he started training when he was eight weeks old. He's gone through a lot of training. You know, he's, he's has a, a certain type of social skills and can read people. And I would say he likes to connect with specifically those who are dealing with something and which he can tell. And you can just tell from him too, that he's getting getting something from it that he feels like he's helping somebody. And you can know, I'm, I'm sure a dog knows when the way that somebody's uh, treating him and petting him and the emotions they're bringing out. So I think he really likes that connection. That's probably what he mostly gets out of it. So, and that's really neat to see. Yeah. 
That's awesome. We've been talking with Dwayne Schwartz. He is running and sort of the chief everything at Operation K9 Hero. The website is Operation K9 with the number nine, hero.org. They're in the greater Wisconsin area. If you'd like to have them come out and participate in your VFW or fire station or police or a veteran organization, a National Guard Armory, whatever, get in touch with them. I'm sure there's some chaplain assistant going, this is a fantastic idea uh, to talk about resiliency or, or some of these other topics that chaplains talk about or the organization's uh, psychologists or, or mental health folks to sort of just get that connection and, and maybe follow up care that somebody's been having a challenge and didn't know or didn't feel safe to talk about as they're learning about these resources. Thank you so much for coming on Coming Home Well, and really thank you for all you're doing, because that's a big commitment to do yourself, but it, I hope that you're able to expand it in some way, maybe get some more handlers, some more uh, dogs, some more people that are interested or have facility or therapy dogs that want to participate and sort of fill in the gaps because the need is great and the resources are few. And thank you so much for doing what you're doing. Well, thank you. Thank you for having, uh, having me on. I really appreciate that. Thanks for all you do. Thanks for joining us this week on Coming Home Well with Dr. Tyler Pieron. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. Follow us on Instagram at ComingHomeWell underscore BTS or on Twitter at ComingHomeWell. Thanks again. And until all are home and all are well, this is Coming Home Well.